Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our show and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha Casper-Cook and we have a great show today and uh, it's Tuesday and I've been doing pretty good because I'm now having shows on Tuesdays and not keep switching it around so it makes it easier and uh, as everybody should know that we're on demand also right after the show and it's on for years. I saw I was in iTunes because we're now on iTunes. So on iTunes, I saw shows back. Uh, so far, I didn't even remember some of the shows. But I've been doing shows for 10 years, but they picked it up from Blog Talk, so that's a good thing. So if you were on the show, you might want to go on iTunes and see where you are because you're probably there, and that's exciting. All right, now um, we have, well, we have Elizabeth Black, who is uh, getting to be our regular <laughs> person here <laughs> and then we have uh, Christopher Beck who came back from writing he was not writing for a while and I'm so happy that he's writing again so he'll be talking and uh, Dane is supposed to be on Fred C but I don't Fred C but I don't know if she will be coming because she did have some they had an earthquake and so and she moved so hopefully she'll be on the show if not she'll be on again so I think I'll let uh, Christopher talk for a few minutes and just say his new book, and just a little bit about that, and then Elizabeth, and then we'll just get into a conversation. Christopher, I'm so happy you're back. I saw you out there. I went like, oh, there he is again. <laughs> I haven't seen him in so long. So tell everybody how you your new what you did, your new project. Well, appreciate you having me back on. It has oh, been a yeah. while, and I was surprised yeah. when you – it was almost immediate. You saw I me know. back out there with that new <laughs> book, and you were just like, hey, i got to have you on. And I was like, it's pretty That's cool right. because – Sometimes it's easy to get so caught up in just your own world or your own solitary confinement, and you don't necessarily remember who remembers you or remembers well, I what remember, you have done or have done. So far, let's put it this way, so far I remember everybody that's been on my show. So that's a good thing. That's a very so, good yeah, thing. Ten then, years, you know, congratulations no, and I, I'm glad that. that you came back. No, I always notice that, especially you know, when someone comes back. So, all right, right, so you're back. Now, what's the name of the book? Which so I've tell everybody. The name of the new book is called The Birthday Girl and Other Stories. It's just a short collection of uh, three stories, uh, three little different horror stories. So uh, They're not necessarily new stories per se. Some of them, are, a couple of them are quite old, but it's just the way that it worked out. And when right. I was talking with the publisher. Well, they, they don't know, you know, old stories, it doesn't matter. You know, like even when you see a movie or something on, you know, it's, sometimes it takes them 10 years to get it out. So it's not that unusual to bring back something either, you know, that was a good story is a good story. That actually was the name of this show. It still is, really. But once it's a good story, it could be out there. So your publisher wanted to put it back out there. 
that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. And sometimes just going back and reading some older things can be a good experience because you could just, especially if you just stop for a while, then you can realize, like, hey, I know how to tell a story. I was decent at one time. I could do it again. Yep. And you also, there's also something that you find that newbie innocence that's in some of those stories, too. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, I remember when I wrote this. Well, you know why? Because then you weren't as critical. I look at my old work and I go, oh, it's not that bad. And I'm thinking like, you know, I'm very critical. And then when I look back, I go, oh, I feel the same way. You know, that's what happens, you you know. And sometimes did you feel like when you read it that it wasn't even you writing it? You don't even, you know, it's kind of a different part of your life that you wrote something in and you change. Well, it was a very different part of my life, but there's a lot of personal stuff in some of these stories within this book. So I remember them quite vividly, but you, you do. You're not so critical as I, as I aged and as I wrote more and I started becoming more critical. I used to often say, "I wish I was as good as I was back then," because back then you didn't have that reckless abandon, or you did have yeah. that reckless abandon. You know what I mean? When you, ignorance is bliss, I guess. And you didn't. Yeah, that, you know, that works for me. Right, you know, right. <laughs> that that might be good, right? You know, I mean, but sometimes you're, just you're not. You're very critical really on yourself. Just, too critical, right. I think people are. Yeah. Absolutely. So are you happy now? You're happy. You're out there. Of. Yeah, you're happy. You're out. You sound good. You sound great, actually. It's a good well, thing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Elizabeth, you're you're you got some new ones coming out there. Oh yeah, I've got a bunch of new ones coming you're out. You're busy. Um, <laughs> Very busy. Yeah. Well, my uh, my last story was "Can You See It," and that was in the horror zine summer 2019 issue. And the stuff coming up is um, uh, my story, horror story, uh, A Job to Die For, which is going to be in horror for hire, scary stories of workplace terror. Um, My story, The Storm, is going to be in the horror zine's book of ghost stories. I don't know when that's going to be published. It's kind of in the process right now. And um, uh, Horror for Hire is available for pre-order if you go to Amazon. It's really easy to find. And my uh, paranormal romance, Full Moon Fever, is uh, going to be published by Ecstasy Books. As soon as I finish the edits and get it back to them, which I'm late on because I've been sick all week. <laughs> so, uh, are you all right now? Uh, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is like the first day I've been able to actually move around and, and feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's but, um, good. Otherwise, well, that I've been doing... Oh, otherwise, I've been doing interviews. I have I've interviewed uh, Jonathan Mayberry, Ray Garten, Ray, uh, Ramsey Campbell, nice. Paul Tremblay, and uh, coming probably around May or June, there's an interview with uh, Douglas Clegg. And nice. uh, it's on your blog. It's on your blog, right? Those. On your blog. Oh no, no, no! These are at the horror zine. Oh, at the horror zine. Okay. All, all these interviews, yeah, they're written interviews at the horror zine, and I, and I use my real name, Trish Wilson. Oh, okay. Well, yes, because sometimes you don't. You know, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The word is out. I have, I have, I have, two different, I, have two, I have two different pen names, and now I'm going to start using my real name, so now I'll make things really confusing. Oh, yes, I know. See, that, that is <laughs> the thing. Somebody was just asking, that? a new writer was coming up, and they were asking me, you know, because I did change mine when I did the romantic and the erotica, but then I put it back because I'm on the show, so I'm talking about my book, in a, you know, and I'm kind of like, I can't talk about it like it's not me, so I figured, well, I just went right. back and put my name. You know, it is hard, you know. Um, you mean you couldn't interview yeah. yourself on the show? 
Well, I, I could have. <laughs> Good if I felt like I was crazy sometimes <laughs> talking about it. So, and not that I'm any crazier than I was, but I mean, I think you know this is a very difficult thing, you know, with um, to decide whether to use your name or not because sometimes you know pe- we know people that had right. a lot of trouble with work because they had erotic stories and mm-hmm. they lost their jobs. And I mean, this is it, it's a very I mean, it's very hard to believe that people are that close-minded. I mean, and that's the same with, like, for I write children's books. A lot of times they won't let me come to the schools because I've written, you know, a sexy a sexy romance. So this is, it's very, it's it's really a decision that a writer has to make. And sometimes you almost have to stay in the same genre. If you go out with another name and then they, they still find you, and that's pretty, I think that's so close-minded, you know, and... Um, not anything that this show has ever been, because uh, as you know, you've all you've been on the show before, so we're open to everything, you know here. But I guess the mm-hmm. world is not, so I think it it, no. it is yeah. hard, you know. So it's good that you put your name out there, but you are in the same genre. That's the good thing, right? I mean, for, mm-hmm. well, you with, know, with me, um, I have the one yeah. pen name for erotica, the other pen name for um, I mean, I'm Elizabeth Black for erotica and romance. And E.A. Black for um, for horror and dark fiction and mystery and anything in, in that area. And now with the interviews, I'm using my real name, Trish Wilson. And for horror for hire, that is going to also be under my real name. And I'm thinking that when I have a book, I'm, I'm going to pitch it to an agent once I, once I finish writing it. And if that one gets published, I'm going to use my real name and then probably stick with that into the yeah. foreseeable future. Yeah, why do you what, you're deciding to get an agent now? Um, well, I always yeah. wanted an agent, and I just um, hadn't written anything that was agent worthy at the at the moment. So, I mean, with, with most of the stuff I've written so far has been erotic and romance because it's what I started out doing. And with those books, you really don't need an agent. I mean, you know, most of the the really good publishers no. you can yeah. just submit to them directly. And uh, for the horror novel that I'm writing, that one I want to, you know, pass around to to agents and see if somebody will bite. But I have to finish the book first. Right. Good. So what about you? Um, Have you thought about an agent? Or I mean, I was an agent, so I don't know. You know, I can't say that it's it's great. I mean, you if you have a track record of having books, you know, it's possible to an agent to pick you up, but they like established writers that make money. Right. And that's right. really sad. That's very sad because then how do the new people get out? Right. I mean, I had all the new authors. Taken. Yeah. Yeah, they're not taking risks. How do you discover new people? I mean, I've thought about it off and on over the years. I guess it's just one of those things if the time is right and I feel like I have something yeah. that worthy, that that good, then I would try. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's been, it is hard it's to been know what's worthy. I mean, when you say, like both of you are saying that, what do we? We don't really know what's worthy anymore because, you know, I mean, you see a lot of books out, and you know, they're not, they're okay. So I mean, it just matters if the if that's the subject matter that they want to take. You know, the quality of writing is good. It doesn't matter to them. They want to know if it's right. saleable in what market, right. and um, if you're going to stay in it. That's the, that's I think one of the worries, but. You know, I think, you know, I took new writers, and I had such, I really did, I said this many times, I had really, really, really great stories from different people, and they just 
it, they couldn't get anywhere. And the people that I had, they gave up, and they should never have given up. And so uh, that's why, that's why, yeah, they they just gave up. So Christopher, you came back. So are you you're happy you came back now? You feel good about this? I'm happy I came back. I feel good. Yes. Uh, it's been a while. What, what, would been... Be, what would your advice be to people listening out there of, you know, what to do if you stop and then you want to start again? I guess it all depends on the reason why you stop. I know there yeah. were a few other people who I follow on social media who have stopped and start, stopped and start just because maybe they struggled with ideas or they struggled yeah. with the whole publishing business as a whole, like you said, some people just give up because they're trying to find yeah. that they just want to, you yeah. know, they want to make money off of it. They want to make a living off of it. And unfortunately that's yeah. not what horror business but, is anymore, at least. Mm-hmm. It's not what most business is. And it really is. It's very hard to make money in, you know, as an author. It really is. If you go out and speak and do things like that, possibly. But it is hard because, you know, now there's just so many people you're in competition with. You know, competition, I guess, is good. But, I mean, if you look at Amazon, I mean, the reader is actually the one that suffers because the reader has no way of knowing who is good and right. who's not good and because people are lying about reviews and otherwise some people mm-hmm. don't read books and give it a five star and then some people read a book and the book is good and they just feel like giving it two stars. So, you know, and mm-hmm. I think Amazon should change the system because I think it's really hard for writers and I think that's one of the reasons people leave because they can't figure well, out how other people get that high up there on the rankings. Right. Well, not only that, you have some of these some maybe fresh names or new names that do find an agent that do land a house and they have these big wonderful blurbs from some other big names and some of those books are, are decent but some of them I've read some recently I just very confused about how that blurb came about and I've read a lot of very independently published stuff lately that has been terrific and fantastic from people who yeah should oh that's have for that sure platform. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's well, really, well, it's interesting when. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm not no. saying anything. Oh, go oh, ahead. You, you, oh, okay. you get to look. Okay. No, it was, go ahead. You know, it was interesting when, when you were talking about how you know a lot of writers want to make uh, a living at this. And uh, I read an article. I wish I could remember where where I where it was from, but it was another one that was talking about the uh, amounts of money that writers make these days. And according to you know, the research in this article, most writers now make no more than $6,000 a year. And 25% of writers make nothing. Oh, and gosh. this is down from like eleven to 15000 somewhere around mm-hmm. there from um, several years ago. And a lot of it is because there's no mid-list anymore. I mean, everybody right. is scrambling to, to make it big. And the uh, the publishers... You know they they want to put an investment in, and just to make sure that they they tend to play it safe, I guess. That um, yeah. they want to make sure that they have works that that can sell, because that's you know their right. bottom line is at stake here. Yeah. But you know, but, you know with the mid list, when we had a mid list, you could actually make a living at it. But uh, that, that's been gone for a long time. That's the one thing I miss about some of the grocery stores that used to be around my area here. I could go in, and all those mid-list books would be there, and I could browse them, and, and you discover Ray Garten and Doug Clegg mm-hmm. and people like that, Bentley Little, thing, you know, people who aren't always on the, you know, the, 
the big shelves or in the big stores. You could browse all these little stores and you could find them. And that used to be one of my favorite things to do, and yeah. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I think that's. I think that is that is a problem because I think you know. And um, we were talking briefly. I, I should mention this. We, we were talking briefly about um, before we got on the show about KDP, which is you know you're exclusive with Amazon. Um, and you can't be on Smashwords, you can't be on Draft2 Digital. Well, I find myself with one of my books. Um, it was on KDP, and it was it's almost coming off, so I was, pos- was going to take it off because I wanted to just spread it out a little more. And um, they said, because it was at Walmart, and, you know, I've, I never put it on Walmart. So I think what Amazon needs to do is try to understand because they sent me back they go well it's up to the author the independent author to make sure that it's not at these places well how do we know where our books are there there are so many outlets out there right i mean mm-hmm. how could you possibly figure all. that out i mean you know you all of a sudden you look at a books a million you look at a lot of these places and you go oh there's my book but not really they just take the names of the book but amazon's looking for that now to see where everybody is do people still use it often? I haven't well, paid much attention to it in years. I mean, I did well, when I first started. Well, the people do are on KDP, but you don't but really, you can, when you put the book on for free on the on those days that you do, you've got a ton of people coming in, and your numbers go like one, two, like 50, 200. Right. I mean, and then the next day when you're off of it, they go back down. So, and then you sell it and, the, and then the graphs, it's up. And then all of a sudden it's down because it was just free books. Down. So you don't even get paid for that. Right. So I sell really yeah. a lot when it's on free books, but then I don't get anything. So it doesn't seem to be. Well, I think the, uh, the, whole, yeah. well, the whole purpose but, of the, the free book thing was to, you know, raise your ranking in, in Amazon so that your yeah. book would be seen more. And then after, right. when it's up at a higher ranking, then more people who are inclined to buy a book would would, would find it and then buy it. Yeah. But that isn't happening. You know, we have yeah, all no. the people that come out for the free books and look at the free book. Or right. um, well, one other thing some people do is that they'll have a series and they'll make the first book free. And yeah. then there are people that will go after the free book. And I, I just read a, on, on Facebook, some woman was saying that uh, she got an email from a fan that said she really loved the book and she liked the, you know, it was a free book. It was the first in the series. And that, yeah, she's looking forward to reading more of her works when they're free. See, yeah, right. Free so, I mean, so yeah. it's like, yeah, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's like if a book is like 99 cents, I mean, you can't get much cheaper than that, you know, and it's like. No. If you have it for that, and then you know, like I've had people on, and they just say, "Forget it. I'm just putting my book to 3.99, or I'm doing that because it doesn't matter anymore because they don't want to keep giving it free." And and that is, and a lot of the uh, the mainstream publishers they don't give it for 99 cents ever. And no. sometimes you see no. people with KDP book, uh, not KDP with uh, a Kindle book. Kindle it's Unlimited. like 10.95 or 11. People aren't going to buy those mm-hmm. either. No, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go and just buy the paperback or the hardback for the same price or near the same price if I'm paying that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I, I think that's that's the thing. And audibles, um, when people are in audibles, when they do sell their books, they get, you know, they get more money per listen. You know, an audible gives like fifty. You know, they give fifty free codes, so you can get people. And then they even when you give them the code, they count that. 
So I think that's that's a pretty good way because I want people to listen to the audibles. And um, right. so that market, hopefully that will improve more, that market for people. Uh, um, I think they sell a lot of audibles, but I think it's still a lot of things that people, you know, a lot of times people don't know about it that much. But I do know now with the code, it's easier. They, they stopped that for a while, but now it's easier to put the code in and you don't have to be a member of Audible to get it. So I think that's what's changed, and that's pretty good because then people can actually listen to your uh, mm-hmm. audio book, right. you know. And But I, I think as far as making money, it's very difficult, you know. And a lot of people do well on Smashwords. They sell books and the digital, the Draft 2 digital, you know. So right. those are places. Are you on those now, Chris? Are you on those? No, I am not. Smashwords? I actually... I, nope, not on any of those. I logged in the KDP right before the birthday girl and other stories came out because I wanted to check on something. I hadn't logged on there in five, six, seven years, and I was yeah. just going through and looking at what I had done on there and the numbers. But I'm more interested in just the traditional publishing now. If I could get published in print and get a couple yeah. shekels for it, then. That's where my focus on is now. I yeah. tried to do the KB yeah. self promotion thing and all that, and it was fine. But yeah, I think that I think me. that right. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I I think most people. I think Elizabeth. I think we talked about this last week when we didn't we talk about the fact that most people don't care. I mean, regular people don't know. I mean, they know, let's say, you know, several, the six big publishers, but they don't really know every publisher. So when they're buying a book, they don't care. They don't care who publishes it. They just want to read yeah, it. Yeah, right. they just they you know, care about it. They want the, the blurb and the cover. They're the two yeah. things that, that grab the readers yes. the most, the blurb and the cover. Uh, yeah, and and the blurb is really high. And I've listened to webinars, mm-hmm. and some people are charging like hundreds of dollars to do the blurb. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is hard, I have to admit. And I've changed, you change them, you don't change them. I don't know. You know, it, it is very, I think for me, this is the hardest thing. Because even when I did my screenplays, you have to have that one sentence. It's really hard to do that. I think it's easier to write a book, I mean, than do that. <laughs> because you can't figure out what is going to attract people. You don't really right. know sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. It's, it is, you know, and you can change it, and I've changed covers and things like that, but it's that law, it's that, you're right, it's the description of what it is, but that is like the magic question, you know, is what is good and what is not, you know, how do you know who you're going right. to get, you know, do you struggle with that? I do, that that I struggle with. Chris? But, yeah, I mean, I've always been terrible at, you know, trying to come up with a, a little blurb or a little clip. Yeah. To, yeah. Describe it because it just that, that that I mean it's in your head you you see it in your head you know what you want it to yeah. be you write it you know what you wrote it to be yeah. and then for me it's always been hard just describing I agree I agree what I wrote I you figured it'd be easier for people who wrote it but it just, <laughs> I think no it's not easy. Elizabeth what about you it's just like I'd rather bang my head against the wall yeah I mean, Elizabeth do you have trouble with that I I don't mind I don't mind writing blurbs I I, I got to be pretty good at them. I guess it's because well, I'm so good. Then maybe you should me. take that up, and people yeah. will pay you for it. Because that is <laughs> that is the that. one thing that yeah. most most of the people I talk to they really that's a hard thing 
to get people well, the other interested. Thing that's hard to come up with is, is now, well, with my current publisher, another thing that's hard to come up with is a log line. You need yeah. a one sentence description of your book. I know. It's an elevator pitch. Right. Yeah, I mean, I like know. For, uh, for Full Moon Fever, the one that's coming out probably by summer, it, my my log line for that one is um, when the moon is full and passions run high, lust takes center stage. And it took good. me two weeks to come up with that. I know. <laughs> it's like, it's like that old and how many times? How many times since then have we considered uh, rechanging it? Because I'm sure it's one of those things. As we know, you well, always like look at it. And you probably, uh-huh. probably repeat it in your mind twenty times a day. And you're like, is it good? Is it not good? Is it good? Is it not good? I know. Uh-huh. I yeah. know. Well, it's like, it's like Very hard. Line from I think Robin. I think Robin Williams said it when he said it. It took me three weeks to come up with that ad lib. Yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is hard. I do. I think it really is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at other people's, and then you try to fit in and try to figure out if the genre, you know, horror, I mean, at least that genre is, the people that are looking for horror are looking for horror. But when you have like a romantic right. comedy or you have a drama, you know, but I, I noticed that, Elizabeth, I think you put in dark, um, dark stories. I think you said something like that now. Dark. Dark fiction. Yeah, something. Yeah, you because mean, I think instead that, of calling it horror. Yeah, that's why I didn't call the show a horror show today. I called mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, writing and you know, writing and selling fiction. Because well, yeah. as well, you know, as soon as you put the word horror now. in, yeah. some people just go crazy. They just, you know, it's yeah. like a radical. I don't. I, don't you know? I wish they didn't. There's no reason to. I know. I mean, it's not all slasher films. <laughs> And I don't know why, I just, you know, even when with the shows, I, I say, you know, this we're just going to be talking about writing. They're not going to be, you're not going to be scared <laughs> listening to the authors, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and I think that's one of the things people are afraid of. And I think they don't, you know, even with erotica too, you know, they also say that. You know, they go, oh, I, I don't like that. But, you know, there's nothing. I mean, it really isn't anything. No, these are not children's books, but mm-hmm. these are just parts of life. You know, and people like scary. You they know. love scary. They do. Well, they romance love it. Is, so, well, you know, um, well, you know, romance is the is the number one genre, and that includes right. the uh, the erotic stuff. And I mean that yeah. that outsells everything else because you know the the women who read romances, and it's mostly women. Uh, I mean, they buy the books by the dozen, and they just they're voracious. They like, they they yeah. keep them alive. I mean, they're yeah. they're very yeah. voracious readers. But they like a lot of times it's good now for short stories. But I think you know it for a while it wasn't. I think short stories you know works, and I think that um, sometimes people think oh they don't want to do short stories. But I actually think people sometimes they don't want to read the four hundred pages. They just want something short mm-hmm. and you know to have a good beginning, middle, and end. You know, so I think people would like that. You know, I mean yeah. it's, it's like yeah. you have to be a mind reader. Well, I've well seen, short stories are um, good for a writer seen, if you want to keep your, your if you want to keep your voice out there in between yeah. novels. Short stories that they're a great way to to keep your name out there. Yeah, that's, that's I've good seen to look at it a there. great love starting to form at least within the horror community. I've seen a great love starting to form for uh, writing and reading just novella type works. Yeah, I agree. I see a lot of, yeah. a lot of writers and you know favoriting them over writing a novel or the short stories. That, well, kind of I think let me see, let me see if uh, Dana if this is Dana or if this is a phony phone call. We'll see. Let's see. It's me. See if I can. Oh, it's you. Okay, good. I'm thinking. Oh, is it going to be somebody so to say something? I have to. I have to take them off. Oh, oh that's okay. hello. 
Hello. Are you all right? Everything good? I'm fine. I know you had... I, yes, I am. I'm I'm fine. I just I had my alarm set for AM instead of PM. Oh, okay. So <laughs> and I I just been in such insanity mode from the move that I it, the alarm didn't go off and my brain didn't go off. So. Well, okay, there you go. How are you doing? I mean, you had, you know, an earthquake. So how are you doing? Um, well, the, the cats and the dogs slept through it. I was a little freaked out because Dave was, was out of town and I was by myself in a new house oh, and everything scary. started rolling back and forth. And normally earthquakes don't bother me at all because I'm used to them, but this one, got to say, freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know we'll, I'm going to talk about your book. We'll talk about your books. But so what do, you, what do you do when that happens? I mean, do things start falling off the shelves? I mean, you know, what happens? Nope. No, they and don't. They one, just shake. Fell off the shelves. Uh, it just oh. it rolled. This was a rolling one, not a shaky one. And those are more gentle. Um, the big one, the Northridge Creek, when it happened, well, I, I was actually out of town for that, um, and we lucked out, and our house lucked out. There was like one crack in one of the rooms, and one dish fell off mm. and broke. But like our friends who lived in Northridge. They everything everything fell off everything you know just went oh, to the ground God. their books their dishes it was horrible Ugh. so it's so yeah, scary scary but yeah. frankly it's very I mean, odd those are more scary, so yeah um, we don't get uh, earthquakes out here in New Jersey but a few eh, maybe six seven eight years ago we had one and it was one of those rolling ones like Dana was saying it was you had a very one there really odd wow. sensation. Yeah, Ooh, just very yeah. odd the way the whole house just kind of like rocked back and forth and rolled and settled. It was very weird, very interesting. Woke my brother up out of a deep sleep and he just came out and he said, we just had an earthquake. Is that what that was? <laughs> I don't know. But normally yeah, we, had, we had an earthquake, earthquake in Maryland once. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say normally when there's earthquakes out here, it's usually in the middle of the night. I wake up. Go, oh, something's shaking. Oh, I got to pee. Okay, I'll do that. And okay. <laughs> All right, Dana, so tell everybody who you are. Annette, tell, tell everybody who you are first. Oh, okay. We got to do this for a second. All right. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. <laughs> uh, my name is Dana Fretzky, and I write uh, dark urban fantasy and horror and mysteries. I wrote the Ashley Parker series, which is basically Buffy meets the walking dead. If you want a log line. And then I'm currently writing the Lilith series, which is a stunt woman in Hollywood, who is also a demon fighter. And then I co-wrote the time shards trilogy, which is science fiction with my husband, David Fitzgerald. And the last one of those is coming out in September. And I'm currently trying to finish the third in the Lilith series which is a challenge Good. in the middle of a major life move. So, woo. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you wonder why you were sleeping and get up, right? You got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, before I said, you know, I used to think Chicago, because I live in Chicago, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, all everything sounds so much more glamorous. But now since there's so much bad weather everywhere, it's like I go, oh, fine, I live here, it's okay. You know, I can handle yeah. the snow. Yeah, because it really, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that happen all over. The, the, the water scares me. The, you know, tornadoes scare me. I mean, you know, and I don't know that people rebuild, and it's uh, it's it, it's scary because then you look at the TV and that they show everything in one second is gone. 
you know, everybody yeah. loves their I things. I think tornadoes and are scarier than earthquakes, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think so, so too, yeah. Chris, I, did you always live in New Jersey, or is that where you're from? Yeah, I mean, I was I was yeah. born in California. I was born in San Diego, uh, California, but uh, I oh, lived in New Jersey. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> in California, California, but I've lived in New Jersey since I was a couple months old. So I was oh, raised yeah, here. Yeah. All right, so I still live, I live like two miles from where I grew up. I live out in the sticks, out in the middle of nowhere. And you like that? You like that? that I love it. Living like, yeah. I live, yeah. Where I live right now, like I'm surrounded by woods everywhere oh, I've lived pretty much in this town. But where I'm at now, it's back on an old campground. So it's just back off the road, and I'm out here right wow. now, and it's just it's quiet. You get the wind blowing through the trees, and there's nothing. You come here. I wonder you write horror. Sounds like a slasher. <laughs> it's a good setting. Good setting for horror. That sounds nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Elizabeth, you've been. You're always on the East Coast, right? Were you born? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. born in Maryland, and then I moved up here to Massachusetts with my husband. When uh, the game company used to work for uh, Avalon Hill Games, and they were bought out by Hasbro, so we moved up here, sight unseen, into a 200-year-old house. And oh, love <laughs> wow! And, and now we live in an apartment. We've scaled down quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, we're a couple of blocks from the ocean, and we like to go walk you know, walk in on the beach. And there's an esplanade by the harbor, as we live by uh, Gloucester, you know, Gloucester, Massachusetts. And you know, we'll go walking out there, you know, when I'm feeling. And better. you go to all these conventions. But, um, That's how you meet everybody, right? I mean, this is a good thing. Um, I don't I, go to you know. as many conventions as I used to. But, uh, yeah, that's how but I meet But you met a lot of people. And, oh, yeah. So you, I mean, there's still some conventions up here that I go to. Like, I think the big one I'm going to this year is uh, Camp Nikon. And that's uh, it's it's pretty much a horror convention. And that one's going to be Which in Salem, Massachusetts this year. Nikon. It's a New, New, oh, okay. New England convention. And it's, ah, uh, that was okay. going to be in Salem, Massachusetts this year. Oh, nice. And that, that's always a good one. I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, just thinking about Salem, Massachusetts makes you think this is going to be a good one. I mean, you know, that mm-hmm. it's just kind of, you know, when you hear that, you just think of that, you know. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I do from Chicago. Maybe that's why. Chris, have you been to any, Chris, have you been to any conferences before when you were writing? No, I have not, oh, no. Full time? No, yeah. Nope. Dana? No, we're gone. Oh, yeah. yeah no. Um I love Well oh, you're from well you horror did Hollywood horror. movies too. You acted. You were an actress, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Act, yeah. acting and some stunts, um some specialty playing sword fighting and stuff like that. But yeah, I went to uh I mean, I still go to Comic-Con. Um that's where I see my editor every year and World Horror Con and now it's Stoker Con, but we haven't been in the last couple of years just because of, of I mean, I love conferences and they're fun to go to, but they're they can be really expensive depending on where they right. are and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know, know. Yeah. All, all of that. That's but the thing. They're fun and they're worth it. I think you know you can swing that it. Was, so that was my one major thing. I guess I never went because I looked in the Stokercon and stuff over the years and nothing ever really quite close to here to New Jersey. I mean, Massachusetts isn't far away. I might actually get up yeah. there later this year, but um, yeah. Everything's usually kind of overseas or out west, and I've looked at prices and. Yeah, it's a lot, it is. That's why a lot of people don't go. Right? Yeah, I know. But the last you know, because we're. One, you know. um, where's the Algonquin Hotel? Um, I, I think it was Maryland. 
Oh God, my Delaware, I'm I'm, shoot, my my brain is just on total vapor lock right now. But they had one on the East Coast that sounded like a lot of fun, but again, just the expense. And then they had one in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is kind of midway between New Jersey and California, I guess. But you know. okay, well now that I have three horror writers here, I'm just going to ask. <laughs> okay, so what? If I had romance writers, I probably wouldn't ask this question. But all right, so like. <laughs> We look at what's happening in the world, okay, with the coronavirus. What what do you think could have happened that we or I mean, could we have could you have even made this up? I mean, it's really getting scary for a lot of people. So I mean, as horror writers, I think people should, you know don't have any idea of what could happen. So how do you feel about this? Well, when you hear I think this? Stephen King already went there with the stand. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, with that book, he went there. <laughs> and then there's so maybe they, well, they, they, they're, they're definitely not going to ask him because he he writes so many things political. <laughs> I gotta be talking to him. Yeah. But but you know when you know when you think about blacklist and you think about all these things that you know Homeland that has a lot of stuff. I mean, what are they missing? I mean, it seems to me that it's there's a lot that we're not knowing. I think the world is catching up with the horror writers, honestly. I mean, <laughs> people have been writing about this stuff forever. And honestly, right. my opinion on the coronavirus is that it yeah. needs to be handled better than it is. But it's not yeah. the stand. It's not Ebola. Right. Ebola. I can yeah. never pronounce that right. Yeah. I'm sure my husband will tell me. Um, and <laughs> We won't tell him. You know, we won't tell him. It, it's common sense and, and leave toilet paper for your neighbors and wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the risk group, be smart, but it's not, this is not the end times. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a bad virus, but it's like, come on, just, it, it kind of drives really everything, everything down. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't know if anybody ever I mean, saw I the movie. I think it was called Testament. I don't know. I saw it. It was years. It was an old movie. I don't even know if they've ever had it. And again, it was the most freakiest thing. I mean, it's like the world was ended. And, um, but I mean, because you're horror writers and like you're saying, right. I mean, the world seems to catch up because that's what, I mean, my friends, when I was talking to them, they think I'm crazy talking about this because I'm saying, look at, I know that these things, you know, people write about these things all the time. They they look at me like I'm crazy, but you're right. That's a, an interesting way to put it because people have been writing about this. that could have things like this happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they and don't I think the horror writers tend to do Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We were talking before we came on the show, and I was talking. We yep. were talking about the news and everything, and I was mentioning how I don't watch the news and the news channels. Yep. Usually, if I get my news, I'll read it. It's just because, just like with the coronavirus, they over-centralize everything. They put yep. everybody into a mass panic, and that's what mass news media yep. these days do. Yep. And yeah. it's just one of those things. It's just another thing that it's unfortunate, and then the people with the compromised immune systems have to be careful and have to, yes. you know, get like yeah. my grandmother. I don't really want necessarily yeah. want her going anywhere, but I have a yeah. coworker who got a trip to Alaska planned, and they were second guessing it. I'm like, just go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah, here. It's in 36 states now. What's the point of staying home? 
Just go out and live yeah. your life. Well, I mean, like you said, wash your hands. Just to go on with your life as normal as you normally would. Yeah, but it and is hard for people you know, to do that when hands. they're not going to their offices. You know, I know well, in Chicago, a lot of people aren't going to their offices. You know, and they have like there was one case at a school that actually it was a cousin of somebody's or somebody's. It, it's not even that person that was exposed to it. They closed the whole university down. It's in a suburb in, of of Chicago, and I'm thinking like, oh my God! I mean, you know, I mean, I worked in medical for, for doctors for 20 years, so I I'm like looking at this now, and I'm thinking like, okay, if you wear gloves, I mean, you still, it, you know, I mean, I don't know that this, you know, and people are just washing your hands all the time. I understand this is a good thing to do regularly. But if you, the problem is in, like, restaurants think. and everything, they should have hygiene, you know, and a lot of restaurants right. don't, you know, as much as they should. And I think that people are washing down things and they're doing stuff like that. They probably mm-hmm. they should have done years ago, you know what I mean? You know, right. like elevators right. and uh, escalators, they just don't, you yeah. know, and things do spread. But I've never seen anything like this, you know, and yeah. you're – yeah, I mean, you write about all if you, these things. They if you've seen it. the movie Contagion, have you seen Contagion? No. This is kind of yeah, like I've that movie, it. except it's not mm-hmm. nearly as, I mean, three point, okay, whatever, 3.4 is the highest mortality rate that I've seen or heard quoted so far. And, yeah, if you look at that on a global scale, that's a lot of people. However, if you look at, again, I'm just uh, – Ebola is my favorite, you know, go-to. But what is that, like 90, the, the, the mortality rate's like 98%? Yeah. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, it's bad, but it's not, again, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just got to keep people from panicking. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't think that's happening now. Right. You know, right. They're all canceling events. I mean, in Chicago, like, uh, there's a place called, it's McCormick Place. It's a huge place where they have, um, like, hardware shows and um, homeware shows and things like that. They've canceled so many of those. And so, because they've canceled that, then we have them, then the people that were coming, aren't staying at the hotels, aren't having the dinners. And so, all the restaurants, and hotels are losing business. Yeah, so right. Well, Austin canceled um, uh, South by Southwest, which is huge. It's been going on 34 years. It's one of the biggest things. It, it would be like San Diego canceling Comic-Con. You know, there, there's right. so much of the economy dependent on this event. Hopefully by July, you know, for Comic-Con, that'll, that'll die down so, so it doesn't get canceled. But Austin, the city, actually – chose to cancel it um they they had they were being petitioned by people that lived there to to not have the conference and so they shut it down and i i don't i feel very much two ways about that on one hand yeah it's probably not a bad thing um in terms of spreading the virus but on the other hand i don't know what it's going to do to the economy there so oh how many right go ahead how much of the canceling of the events and, you know, they pushed the new James Bond movie back and they're canceling Daniel yeah. Craig's appearances and, like you said, they're canceling concerts and shows. How much is that as far as the venues or the promoters wanting to not contribute to the spread, but how much of that is just them worried about lawsuits if they do go on with it? Yeah, well, I think, right. that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. 
you know, because people will sue people, people for anything. Right. They're canceling rallies tonight for Sanders, for Biden. I mean, they're canceling a lot of things tonight, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, and so I think that, you know, this could be, I, I, this is devastating for people, what's going on here, you know, and then. I think the, um, didn't New York City Council, didn't New York City Council the St. Patrick's Day Parade? Yes. I, I, I don't know. They, yeah, I I, they they, so did. far they have in Chicago. Yeah, and now Chicago, they announced they weren't closing the Chicago schools. They had the governor on, I think it was, maybe it was the superintendent. They're not canceling so far Chicago schools. They've tested people, and there's no corona there, so they're going to have school, you know. And I think none of us have ever seen anything like this because they're just canceling left and right. And, I, I, you know, that's it's really going to be detrimental. So I don't really know, you know. I, I really don't see how this is going to turn out here. This is not good for anything. It's not going to be you the know? end of the no. world, and it's going to be a setback. But, no, it's, I, it, again, that's, right. okay. you don't want to go down yeah. that road of thought because that's overreacting. You know, you have to burn itself out. Yeah, I mean this book yeah, will and, eventually you know, burn right. itself out. You know, yeah. like even like if you have a conference, it's not like people are right on top of each other. I mean, if you're in like if you're in a stadium or, or like where there's like thousands of people together and they don't, you know, and if you're outside like it's mm-hmm. a, a rally or something like that, they're right on top of each other. But if you're in school or in places like that, you're not. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're just sitting at a desk. You know, and no, well, you can't have to go through this. You're just—it's it, just going to go through this phase of yeah, probably you're right. Of, yeah, of, of extremism, and it's probably not a bad idea, you know, just to see what happens, and then hopefully yeah. things will start to normalize. So, and hopefully it'll never happen I again. Wanna, I, for me, I think so about it too much. Some, just like I'm just trying to live my life and not dwell right. on this yeah. every single day. Yeah, well, some people I think that's, have a sense of well. Some people are trying to have a sense of humor about it because I've exactly. seen uh, at least two versions already, and I've seen one of lyrics. Uh, some some people are putting uh, COVID nineteen to the tune of "Come on, Eileen." Oh my god, <laughs> which is really <laughs> ridiculous. But it's okay. still I like the hand washing <laughs> memes that are going around. They oh yeah, changing the last, yeah the one that that's Buffy the Slayer. You know, I, th- those are hilarious. So. And then also Saturday Night Live did a thing called The Fans of Modesto, and it, yeah. was, it had uh, Daniel Craig on it, and they did a what would happen if, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and try not to touch. It was really funny. So. Yeah. Well, it is, hard, funny. it is hard not to touch the, you know. And so I think, you know, because all three of you are horror writers, it's interesting to hear that, you know, how you feel about it because um, this could be right up anybody's alley when they're writing, you know, a virus like this or something happening. But, right, and hopefully everything will turn out good. Like a happy ending maybe would be good. Yeah. Yeah, because it is, you know, look, at. I mean, this is the world we live in, and that's the thing about the Internet, you know. So, I mean, how does everybody feel about marketing these days? Um, Chris, I know we talked for a second about that, but you're you're back in the game. What do you think is different now about marketing that was not the same six years ago or five years ago? I mean, doing it is the same. It's just, for me personally, a lot of people don't know that I was in the game, so to speak, before. So the ones that do, you know, those help spread the word. It doesn't seem 
as if people share as much anymore, as if people help yeah. spread the word anymore. And not, not in all, uh, all circles, because people still do. But people who've, you know, made some moves and have made some waves, they're, people are more likely to talk them up and to share them. And it's yeah. interesting because I don't, I'm not getting a lot of, and this isn't a complaint or a criticism, I'm not getting tons of support publicly but the yeah. direct messages and the stuff like that that I'm getting from the people who are reading the birthday girl and other stories, they yeah. enjoy it, they love it, people who are being it's inspired good. by it, people it's who good. have gone through similar things. I wrote about one. So the stuff coming through privately has been surprising to me. Yeah, Publicly, good. it just doesn't seem like it's going. But now that I think about it, we were talking about KDP and years ago when I was putting stories on there, I was promoting the hell out of them. And then one day I just decided I'm going to stop. So I'm not going to promote anymore because it seemed to be kind of the same thing. But back then when I stopped promoting, I started moving some titles. Not great amounts of titles, but once I stopped really just talking about it, like once I'm like, I'm just going to see what happens, they just started kind of carrying themselves, which was always very interesting to me as well. Yeah, that is interesting. It's very interesting. I, always, I know. See, that's the said, thing. You know, you don't really know what, you know, I, that's the thing. None of us know exactly the best way to get ourselves out there. I mean, we try the best, but you don't know what will happen if you stop. Then, what, you know, because I think everybody keeps right. doing it. You know, and Dana, how, how do you feel about that with all this? Well, you know, I, I'm not a good example right now because I've been in the middle of a life crisis and a big move. So I haven't done, I haven't talked about my writing, you know, for a couple of months because I've been too busy going, where are we going to live? Where are we going to move our babies, our furry babies? But you, know, you do and talk packing. about your cat. You do talk about them. So people are engaged with you. You do oh, mention yeah. that. I, I, yeah, so that's a good yeah, thing. I, yeah, I always do that. I mean, when I was... The last, my, you know, when Blood Ink came out, the second in the Lilith uh, trilogy, it's not trilogy, the Lilith series, I did a bunch of stuff on Instagram. I did giveaways and, you know, really, I, I did book bub um, deals and stuff like that. And I did a book bub deal for the Ashley Parker, the first one in um, Plague Town, and got sales back up again. I mean, I definitely think marketing is really important. I wish that authors didn't have to do so much of it themselves, you know, when, when yeah, they have a, yeah, a yeah, traditional yeah. publisher, but that's, that's how it is. And I think that it's worth studying people who are really successful at it and just sort of seeing what they do and figuring out how that yeah. works then with, with your individual yeah. Yeah. needs. Cause not everyone's marketing, you know, strategy or results are the same. So. Right. I, right. There's no answer. But Elizabeth, what about you? Well, I'm, I've got some plans for full moon fever, and, um, and what I plan on doing for that is um, I there's some romance, I guess, business-type publications where, where people go to find out where all the new books are, and I'm planning oh, cool. on taking out some advertising there and you know, some of those, several of those places, and I'm going to do a blog tour, you know, probably do more than one. I'll probably do one when the book opens and then maybe four yeah. months later to do another yeah. one. And I have two uh, columns. One of them is with um, uh, the Erotic Readers and Writers Association, and the other is with Novel Spot. And I notice now with Novel Spot that I'm getting readers. People are coming in oh, and reading cool. what I'm writing. Oh, and, uh, Novel I, Spot? Oh, yeah. the, Novel Spot, yeah. 
And yeah, that's, I, uh, I, I think it is mostly for romance and that sort of thing. But um, yeah. um, I could I could possibly do some local book readings if I could find some other writers in the same genre that yeah. would be willing to do a late night panel kind of thing. Out, out I think the library. panels are good if they, you know, they, you know, it's hard to get on them, but I think panels are good because it's it's always fun then. You know, you're not by mm-hmm. yourself, and then you, you know, you know, more people are out there. So I think, and the other thing is, it would be nice if the libraries would, you know, try to, but they don't, they don't have people come as much as they did, and you know, it's yeah. hard for uh, romance or erotic or horror stories for them to have you know, events, which, you know, I think people would love it, but I, but I don't know why they don't, you know. Maybe it. part think, of that, like when mm-hmm. you have an organization like Sisters in Crime and Mystery Writers yeah. Association yeah. Right. Are of America, they actually have usually people on in, in the individual chapter on the board that yeah. is an outreach person to libraries and sets up events um, and then gets their right. authors involved. And I don't know how much of that happens with the Horror Writers Association or anything else. Um, yeah. But I, I it think would be good, though. I think people, I think people yeah, would I love to. I, I think people would love to talk to horror writers. I think they, because they read horror stories, and I think they would really like that. Because I think, you know, they would like to get to know who writes, you know, horror stories. And that's why I, I think, Elizabeth, we, weren't we talking about this? I think people just think, you know, the last couple of shows that we've had on horror stories, I keep saying to people, just, it's just, they're writers. It's just they're writing mm-hmm. what, a dark story or whatever, but they're writers and they're very interesting people. So, you know, I think that that's what would be great if they could do stuff like that because I think people, regular people, would come to a library and meet four or five horror mm-hmm. writers and be thrilled to be there. Oh, they would, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm a member of Broad Universe, and Broad Universe puts together rapid-fire readings at uh, conventions where uh, members of the group would get up and they get five to seven minutes apiece, and they can oh. read from their works, and then after the event, they can sell their books you know, right oh. there at the convention. Good. And, uh, and they also have they, – they set up some library events. I've done some library and bookstore events with them before. And uh, that works out really well. Um, I, well are they I'm still doing it now, of, though? Are they doing it now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm not That's doing good. it myself at the moment, but uh, because the yeah. conventions really haven't started much yet. But um, I think that Romance Writers of America also does it. <laughs> I'm not a member, but they've been having so many problems. Yeah. You know, Romance Writers yeah. of America is having a, a, a oh, really yeah. bad time right now. So um, yeah. I don't really know what else to say about them. I, I don't know what yeah. they do. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, they they had a lot of strict rules for their groups, so I think you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if why they're not doing things, mm-hmm. but I think um, there's so many romance people out there. You know, I think you know oh, one yeah. of the things that I feel is everybody is is you know there's it's kind of like cliquish, and I think it's almost like you're in high school or something. You know, the way people treat other mm-hmm. writers. <laughs> just don't understand it you know that's why you know i've I've noticed it sometimes they can get to be a some some of the groups can be pretty clannish yeah and and, you know it's it's not right i mean you know because you could meet some really nice people if you open your mind you know to it i mean because you know on my shows i have every kind of writer and i think when i did it with the red river that's how i started out because people there were many people uh, the red river had a lot of people that were you know um 
hosts, but they didn't want to do certain things. And I was the only one that I said, I'll do everything, you know, because they all had their own things, you know, children's, romance, whatever. But, and at that time, erotic writers, it was like 11, I think it was 10 years ago. I mean, I myself, you know, didn't know that much about it. And it was so such fun meeting so many different types of writers. And Elizabeth, I Sisters know Sisters in Crime you, is you a have, fantastic group. Yes, um, just, I got to throw this out there: is that I, I've got to say, everyone that I have met within that group, no, that I know they have a higher up on right. the ladder. Yeah. They they yeah. pull you up with them, and there's horror writers like that too. There's some fantastic people out there. I know that there, there's a lot of clicks too, but honestly, Sisters in Crime, yes, I've just met so they, many good people. Right. You know, yes, good, no, Sisters in Crime is really good. Years. Yeah, but I notice, you know, a lot of times when you post, you post something and you make a mistake and you put it in their group, they go bananas. They go, it's like you're being punished, you know. If, you know, because sometimes, you know, I, I belong to like a lot of groups and sometimes if I make a mistake and I put my, my show or I put it in the wrong, you know, group, they go, you know, the the best thing would be to do is just take it off. They don't have to like remind me. I'm not, you know, this might not be they don't have right to shame for them. You. Just take yeah. it off, and that's fine because I made a mistake, you know, because I was doing so much promoting, you know. And some of the groups let you, and some don't. But I, you know, I don't like sit there and try to. I mean, there's a lot of groups, so you can't remember all the time. Can you post this there or that, you know? And mm-hmm. that they don't. They just just don't post it. Take it out, <laughs> like don't like say like, oh my God, we're taking it off. You can't be here. I'm going like, okay, I'm sorry. Well, you got to ring know. the shame bell and walk you through the village with your head shaved. <laughs> I mean, I guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, well, I, I mean, I, yeah. I was going to say I actually found a couple of reader groups on Facebook, and I've been, you know, one is for horror movies, the other is for horror books, and that's great. in there. Yeah. You can uh, everybody just chats, and that's, nice. that's good. You know, I, I put yeah. up links to my my interviews before when somebody would say uh, they just saw this new book by Paul Tremblay, and what do you think of it? And then I'll go in there and say, you know, I haven't read that one yet. I read this one, which is also good, and I interviewed him, and then I'll put up a link to the interview, and you know, but, and that tends to work out. But um, yeah, yeah Elizabeth, but, like, you're good like that because you do that a lot. You do. You do answer questions and questions in groups, and you do that. I know you do. I see you doing that. I I'm not great at that, you know. So I know. Then I'd rather have people just come on my show and we'll just talk because I, mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> like because if you see something, and sometimes I see that people spend a lot of money on things, and I and I used to just email them separately and say, oh my God, don't do this. <laughs> You really shouldn't, you know, but then I thought, well, this isn't really my business. They could do what they want, you know, because mm-hmm. I've seen so many people. I mean, like sometimes they offer programs for people that are like $3,000 and it, it's not really going to help them get anywhere. And it's like mm-hmm. sad yeah. to see that. So, you know, I mean, because I was an agent and I had all these people in and I did it for free because you, when you're a, w, a writer's guild, you can't charge. It's like it, it really bothers me if I see prices like that for people because, you know, do a video for $2,900 or, you know, it's it's kind of sad. And new writers sometimes think that's the way to go, you know, Chris, and that are you could be costly. Well, the sad thing is that, you know, writers aren't made of money, and a lot of these companies don't seem to understand that. Right. And and you see that, too. I mean, we know that. So that's why, you know, that part's bad, you know. 
because when I see this, like I want to just email them, and sometimes I do, you know, I say, like, be careful, you know, what you do, because it, you know, I see people, you know, like even when I, you know, um, iUniverse, I had done my books with iUniverse when I first started, like 15 years ago, doing books out there and and I know that they'll contact me and they'll go do you want to be on a special program do you want to be on a radio show and they give me the price and I go like maybe you didn't look me up because I do a radio show for 10 years and then I see how much they charge people to be in a radio show it's frightening mm-hmm. you know but people pay it you know not only I I, I mean every all these companies do that you know and so it's fine if they really have it but a lot of people don't have it and they really spend a lot of money, and it feel, I feel sad for them because I just know that they don't have to do that. You can do things for less money. Elizabeth, you know about this because you know you've, oh, you've yeah. tried a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. What's your advice Well, I haven't tried people? the really expensive ones. I haven't done that. It's, you know, a lot of those places are, uh, I mean, I, I get the impression that some of them are like operate like vanity presses. Like, you know, we yeah. will publish your book if you pay us $5,000 and we'll yeah. get your cover. Yeah. And, you know, but, but you have to do all the publicity yourself. And it's like, that's the kind of thing yeah. you got to watch out for. This money yeah. is supposed to flow to the writer, not the other way around. Dana, have you had any experiences uh-huh. like that? Or? Uh, people trying to charge me money for uh, no, yeah, I, yeah. the only thing that I've ever paid money for is like book club deals and stuff like that. But that's because that's sort of a proven way to improve your sales. Um, but yeah. no, I the, the only time I ever was approached by a vanity press is when I was, I think, six years old and did this little handwritten thing of poetry that oh I made drawings God. for, and I sent it off to publish <laughs> book. Oh, that's a good memory there. there. Or that's so a memory. Went, oh, Chris, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I've seen them all out there. I've seen the ads yeah. and everything like that. But I've had some nice and generous writers uh, a part of my life since I started. That kind of led me in the right direction and steered me away from things like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, me, that's good. That, you know, and yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, it, it is because you know <clears throat> that's one of the reasons. You know, that when you know doing the show, there's there are people out there that they can't. You know, even with the audio books, there's um, there's a, an audio bookworm woman, and she actually uh, doesn't charge too much. And you get your audio books if you have audio books. You can. Um, put them out on a list and people it's called adopt a book or something and then you know you give them the code the free codes from uh amazon has audible amazon owns audible so audible gives codes to anybody that has a book that's in audibles so uh and they're free and then they it's really a, a good program so um that that's you know something that people don't have to pay for even the audibles because they if you find a narrator you split it and they do it for free, and then Amazon splits it. So for those of you that don't know that, and you don't ever have contact with the narrator money-wise, Amazon handles it, and that's and it's pretty good. It's a good idea, you know, for audiobooks. So, I mean, and that's a good thing to have without paying a lot of money because you could end up paying a lot of money for an audiobook somewhere, right. you know. If you go to places. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you just have to watch what you do. But I think that um, seeing as all three of you are pretty good at this, this is a good thing to hear, you know. And you're, you're all out there. And, Chris, you'll be out there again because that's good that people are responding to you again. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, it all came about because I have uh, one reader from the U.K. 
uh, like once or twice a year, he'll message me. He'll DM me about actually a sequel to something I wrote a while ago. And he'll just say, what's going on? What are you doing? Well, that's good. I want more. I want more. I want more. It's like once or mm-hmm. twice a year. And he'll just keep well, that's popping a great it up. Thing. So, I'm like, you know? so I said, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. Maybe I'll try yeah. to find a home for mm-hmm. the first one before yep. I think about a sequel. So I contacted Dean Drinkle, who I worked with on some other projects before. And he said, send me some stuff. And that story that that gentleman wanted a sequel about wasn't one of the ones that he liked, but the three that he did pick were very near and dear to my heart. So it was just a pleasant surprise. And now that I'm Oh, that's exciting. I think it's exciting when you message. come back. I, I mean, that's a good thing. You know, I really do. So people that are listening out there, you can come back if you go out for a while. Because I see a lot of people on Facebook. I don't know if you do, but I see they go like, I'm leaving Facebook for a while. I'm not going to write for a while. I, You know, right. I just can't do it anymore. And, you know, it is sad, you know, because I hate to see that. Because especially when they're good writers, they just maybe need to take a little break, but don't give it up forever, you know. Right. And uh, just come I mean, back in, in the in game. A case such, in a case such as mine, I mean, really ultimately once, I stop and think back to the last number of years and everything. I really just needed to grow the hell up emotionally. Well, so now when you write, you'll write, you'll write we, we, we all write differently. I mean, Dana, don't you think you write differently now than you did when your first book came out? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah. for me, a lot of the stuff that's been happening in my life definitely is an underpinning for, for, my work. I mean, my mother dying made a huge impact on yeah. my second Willis book, and yeah. I think it's a better book because of it. Even though I would, yeah. frankly, rather have my mother and have a PO. No, book, right, but, right. But, you know, things. That, uh, let's you put this way: events that our trauma in our life does come out somewhere in our writing. We can't help that. That's, you know, it's just the way something it is. I've been thinking. That's something I've been thinking a lot about lately too. I yeah. like to go hiking a lot, and I spend a lot of time out in the woods especially recently thinking about this stuff and the stories that they, the publisher did pick up for the birthday girl and just how personal they were in some way, Mm -hmm. shape or form and how the other ones that other people like just didn't quite make the cut because maybe they're just less personal, less informal. And as I go out and I think about these things, I just start thinking about all the life experiences and all of the, bad or negative experiences that I've made good stories for myself. And I'm just like, I right. have so much more of that in me. We all That's have good. that. They say you That's write good. what you know. So I agree. You know, you put your real life in there. It's painful, but. Right. That's that's well, hard. Becomes... You know, look at no matter what genre you're in, people can tell when you write from the heart sometimes, you know, uh, right. When you're writing, you know, and you know, so I think that that's a good thing, and I think that's part of all of us, you know, as we keep writing. I mean, Elizabeth, wouldn't you say, I mean, you're writing from the beginning to like now, is a lot different? You're a different person. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm a think... different person, for one thing. Yeah. Um, I've changed yeah. a lot, you know, over the years, and what interests me now is different from what even what interests me when I first started writing. I mean, I right. first started professionally writing, and I mean, my. I think my writing is is better. It's improved over the years, and I'm writing um, I'm writing about more diverse topics now because you know there's yeah. more that interests me, and I, and and right. I'm getting comfortable with it. 
Yeah, but I'm just going to say, right, and, and you know what, it, it does, that happens, you know, where you feel like, oh, I can just do this, you know, because it takes a lot of mm-hmm. time, especially in writing, to get over the fact that when people, you know, are reading it, they don't think it's you or they don't think it's someone you know. It's just a story. You're fiction. We're mm-hmm. fiction writers, you know. And so I think that that's one of the things, you know, I've, I've said this one story all the time. When I wrote a Survivor to Life about a Holocaust survivor, somebody was talking about the story and they were saying, well, I didn't like what she did and it was terrible. This is in a review. She said, and I don't think it was a good thing that she didn't have her daughter coming to the wedding. And I'm thinking like, this is a true story. So when you write a true story, you mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Either they like it or they right. don't, but it, I can't change the character. To what they do, you know. What as fiction writers, all of you can do whatever you want. You know, it's all up to you. Yep. You're the boss. You're the boss. And that's that's a good. Yeah, we can take poetic license if we want. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, so we're almost done with the show, and Chris, I'm so happy that you came back. So tell everybody where they can find you. Well, uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, just Christopher Christopher Elbeck. Find me on Twitter. I finally joined, joined Twitter because of the new book it's coming good. out. I figured I might as well uh, explore the platforms a little bit more. But I'm on Twitter at Cry5, C-H-R-I-F-I-V-E. And the Birthday Girl and Other Stories out by Domain Publishing is available on Amazon. Yep. And now we have Instagram. I think six years ago there wasn't. I, I, I wasn't on really? it six years. I don't know when it started I have, Instagram. I haven't I gotten on Instagram. Instagram yet. My buddy Bill Connolly keeps telling me I need to get on there. Yeah, everybody is on Instagram is good because it's fast, you know, and you could even just put the cover of the book and that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Also, you, know, you don't have to think also too much. Very uplifting. So yeah, I, I think yeah. That Instagram yeah, I think is really important good. because you go on there when you don't want politics. You go on there when you want, you know. It's it, it, it's very 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 relaxing compared to Twitter. I think it is too. Facebook. I think Pinterest is too. Pinterest, you go on Pinterest yeah, at all, Dan, if you look at beautiful mm-hmm. things and pictures and, you know, if you're looking for something, you can find it. It's you know, like, right, Instagram, too. It's very, you're right, you don't have to think. You just kind of go in there and you could relax. As a writer, that's a good yeah. thing. That's yeah, there's a good lot thing. of good things. I might have to check so. it out. Yeah, Do. yeah. All right, Dana, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and just, just Google Dana Fredsey, or not Google, but, you know, type that in. Um, I'm yeah. on Instagram and Twitter, and my handle there is Zadi1, that's Z-H-A-D-I-1. And my books are published by Titan, uh, which is a U.K. publisher, and you can uh, – they're all available on Amazon, and uh, I think they're still in Barnes & Noble. Did you and, find them or they find you at the beginning when you've done that? Did you go to them? Um, actually, when I my my first book, I, I wrote a book for Ravenous Romance, and Laurie Perkins took it and shopped it around, and it was bought by an editor she knew at Titan, and I've worked with them ever since. So that's great. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's always good to have. I mean, some of you work with for years because then you start trusting them, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. All right. Elizabeth, I know you have a lot of things going on, and you have different publishers. And go ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, my, my website is it's elizabethablack.blogspot.com. That's the romance one. The horror and dark fiction one is eablack-writer.blogspot.com. And um, my story, A Job to Die For, is coming out in Horror for Hire: Scary Stories of Workplace Terror, and you can <laughs> pre-order that on Amazon. 
Um, I, I think the name is great. It's, really, it's a great yeah. name. <laughs> I completely forgot about that story. I got the uh, acceptance about a week and a half ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. I missed that on that one. <laughs> and yeah. um, Full Moon Fever is a paranormal erotic romance, and that's going to be published by Ecstasy Books in the next couple of months. And then look for my interview with Douglas Clegg at the Horror Zine around May or June. That's great. And that's you can what I find me at MarshaCasperCook.com. And I am coming out with a new book. And uh, I took me six, I, I think it's like five years, and I didn't realize it was that long for Virginia Templeton. But now it's going to be about the Templetons. So I am, I've made my choice. <laughs> it took me a while. but uh, And I'll probably come out with another romantic comedy eventually. But, um, you know, sometimes we keep writing, and then sometimes we stop. And we don't like what we write, and then we just keep going. But um, so... I think anybody out there that's listening, just think about it. Don't give it up. Keep Maybe take a little time, but then come back, and I think you'll be happy that you came back because it's probably something that you miss in your life. And as Elizabeth said, you can't make a living at this, which is uh, sad, <laughs> but maybe someday, you know, when they change things and uh, we don't have to worry about the rankings, because that really matters. Enough. You know, that's the problem. It holds people back, rankings. You know, it's it's a lot of competition when they see. Be, you that? also have to be prepared for. You also have to be prepared for if that right time, right place scenario comes yeah, about, yeah. and if you're not yeah. putting out content, you're not going to be out there for that moment to possibly happen. You never know what's going to happen. That's All exactly. You do, is do what makes it. you happy. If it's music, if it's writing, if it's painting. Just do it. If you're feeling right. it, and similar, to this show, we never it. know what's going to happen so. on this show. <laughs> we never know don't what worry. we're going to talk about. Don't worry about so. the consequences either way. We Nobody promised tomorrow. Yep. So make the best yep. of today. All right. We're all, Chris, very happy for you. And Dana, keep going. And Thank Elizabeth. You. And uh, I'm sure Elizabeth will be doing a show, another show soon. Oh, yeah. And are. everyone wash <laughs> their hands. That's yeah. I, I, you know what? For it's true. That, you know, I have it in my car. I know I do, and I wash my hands a lot, especially because when I was a lab tech, you got used to that, you know. And so I do think that is an important thing. You know, wash your hands, but don't, you know, get too uptight don't where you panic. can't go out of your house. You know, I think. And that's, give your neighbors toilet paper if you bought it all. That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen. I've heard from so many people. They went to stores and there was none. Is that is this is yep. true? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. I went to Costco. And it was gone. <laughs> yeah. I think at Costco, that's what people said. Right, it's gone. But at other at grocery yeah, stores, it's there. Yep. Yeah, I but I, I know last I heard night. That. I didn't see all the toilet paper gone, but I saw all the jugs of water gone, all yep, yep. Of most of the cleaning supplies gone, and signs just wow. posting the limit on them. I know. God, people are nuts. Hey. Oh, hey, this is. Well, we're going to see in a, in a few weeks how this all pans out here. All right. Well, I'm going to go reread the stand just because I can. So there you go. Okay. Then. I'm going to go watch Maybe 12 Monkeys. Okay. I'm going to do that, too. Okay. That's a good idea. Then I can see what's going on. I forgot. All right. All right. Fine. All right. Goodbye, everybody. And thank you so much, all Bye. three of you. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.